can use me as an example for a candy addiction. You are listening to a production of the Toll Network, home of Biting Analysis. I'm Matthew, an Ultraman noob, and I'm here to discuss SSSS.Gridman. This is Going Ultra 10, Shattered Illusion. Overall thoughts on Episode 10, Collapse. On a scale of terrible to great, it was really good. It's probably my favorite episode of Gridman so far. Uh, overall, the story this episode was, um, I don't know, it was a little, it was intriguing. Um, it got a little metatextual, like everyone was talking about, like, well, there's so many mysteries left, and we don't know what's going on, and things are accelerating, as it's, you know, the 10th episode. It's, you know, the actual 11th episode is out, but I, uh, anyway, t- time got away from me, and I wasn't able, I ended up watching the dub, because uh, Funny's sim- dub ended up falling a week short, or like a week behind, um, but I'm current with it now, and I was a little bugged before, but whatever, I'm here now. Um, uh, but anyway, so... Really interesting stuff going on in the in the episode um, with you know Akani's heart and uh, finally them admitting that Auntie's a uh, a human um, or something like a human. Uh, he's got a, a heart, a human heart, not a kaiju heart, um, and like what it means to be a kaiju and stuff. It's all very interesting. Uh, and then on the setting once again, uh, this world feels so darn real. And uh, I guess I find it ironic that they did such a good job of making the world here feels so real being that it's a fake manufactured world but i almost think the potency of the illusion uh of this world is kind of what makes it better because um you know akane as this whether or not she's a god is, is up to question for me uh and i'll explain why in a minute um but like the reason the world is so real is because it's a place where she would feel comfortable, um, is what one of the characters, I can't remember who says that, but one of the characters says it, um, and, uh, kind of makes sense to me, um, and it makes sense, uh, well, anyway, I don't know, there's, there's a lot of, uh, of, uh, a lot of stuff going on in the show, um, so I'm just gonna kind of be unconventional and walk through a bunch of screen grabs I, uh, did while watching the show and kind of use those as a template to talk about it because um, I feel like they'll guide me because I picked prominent images that m- meant something to me. So uh, in the beginning of the episode, well, before I get into the images, it was really interesting. Um, Akane wakes up from a dream and Alexis Carib is over her and it's nighttime. You can see she's in the in a dark room and outside her window the curtains are slipped or maybe they're drapes, I don't know. Anyway, um, they're split open a little bit and you can see that like net world or whatever it is um, that they see when they <laughs> go to open her door and um, Alexis Carib is there talking to her and he says to her, Real humans don't sleep, and she asks him to remind her why she's making kaiju again uh, in this very deadpan, low-energy, um, low-energy Shinjo um, kind of way. And uh, that felt really intriguing to me, and I'm a little confused. Is she a god or is she a human? Um, or is she a god that's been fooled into thinking that they're human? I, I don't know. And then her conversation with uh, Auntie towards the end where... She tells him to go away, and he mentions her eyes, and she says that his eyes look human or look different, or, you know, he can read people with his eyes, uh, which is a thing that humans do versus kaiju who only destroy um, and, you know, like maybe exist to be defeated and stuff. Uh, Man, all that was really intriguing. Anyway, I'm going to go through the uh, images so that... Yeah, I'm gonna go through the images now to um, to guide my conversation. And actually, that was my second image, so I could have just uh, could have just kept going. Oh well, 
Okay, so we've got, uh, she sees Tonkawa in her dream, or whatever it is, um, uh, before Alexis and she interacting in, and she's seeing um, Tonkawa and the volleyball team, and then slowly, like, the net bros, which one of them is wearing a black and green, or a, a black shirt with green uh, shoulders, almost like a, it's not a raglan, but it's almost got, like, the raglan pattern, uh, and then green on the collar, and uh, it's like a graphic tee where it has the different, co- like the pop of color on the collar and on the uh, the hems for the sleeves. And uh, I can't help but think that's an Ava reference, especially given uh, what pops up later. But anyway, <clears throat> um, so she's seeing all her victims, basically. And it's almost like they're haunting her. And uh, she's shook by it and wakes up and then has her interaction with Alexis Carib. Um, then it's really funny. Uh, everyone in the junk shop is talking about, like, if Akane is really the god of this world... Um, and it's funny, Gridman says it really ominously. Um, and it's, it's funny because it's something we've been dealing with, uh, as viewers and, uh, they're just like now grappling with it, which is, you know, dramatic irony. It's good stuff. Anyway, um, you know, they dramatically decide that they're going to go and, um, deal with Akane and confront her directly. Oh, one more thing. Uh, so I mentioned it was kind of getting, you know, meta narrative or meta aware, um, the characters know that they're supposed to be like fake people uh, created by, well, I don't know. Are they fake if they're created by a god? I, I think I'm created by a god and I don't think I'm fake. Anyway, um, and they kind of have this identity struggle of like, who are they? Are they real? Are their memories fabricated? Whatever. Um, but it's funny that I think really makes it more palatable and helps set up this joke that they're going to go confront Akane. And she mentioned, I, I think she mentioned that she as a god of this city moved her house to be next door to the junk shop. Um and it literally is next door. Hibiki says, all right, well, let's go do it. Let's go confront her. Let's walk right up to her front door. And then moments later, they're literally, like, it almost seems like it's in real time. It just cuts to the outside of the shop. They slowly walk out of it, and they go to her front door. And then um, Max tears the door open um, or rips the door off the hinges, and then they see this weir- weird net world, and uh, Calibre says she's fled. Um, it's all very interesting. Uh, uh, what's his face? Yeah, exactly. What's his face? That's who I'm talking about. No, uh, Utsumi. Um, he's in school being all normal. Like, he's accepted the fact that he's this fabrication. Kind of like I just said, like, you know, if I'm fake or if I'm created by God, like, that doesn't mean I, I can't do my thing. Uh, so, you know, he's worried about exams because as long as uh, Shinjo's world goes on existing, they exist in it and he's going to kind of live the best life he can, which is, I think, a really um, positive uh, perspective to have. Um, cause you could be, I mean, there's lots of different philosophies you could have. There's nihilism, there's, uh, you know, whatever, uh, not nihilism, the, the, uh, opposite of that where it's like, well, you know, we're here, so I'm going to do what I can while we're here. Uh, which reminds me of what Samurai Caliber says, which is do what you can do always. Um, but anyway, um, we get a peek at his paper and, uh, um, Utsumi has written down, uh, God's in his heaven, all's right with the world, which is on the nerve logo on the, uh. It's like around the uh, the fig leaf uh, from Evangelion, which I thought was uh, pretty hilarious. Anyway, um, I'm no Mike Dent or Mock Dent, but uh, you know, there's my little Easter egg uh, from other Tokusatsu anime slash anime. There you go. Um, oh, and then there's this beautiful shot of um, Akane running, and she's in the foreground, very small. It's actually the like opposite of the image I have of Hibiki, where he's running from the first episode, and it's. Um, he's like, it's foggy, it's hazy. It, like I said, I use it for the album art for the show overall. And there's the giant, uh, scenery kaiju as they call them in the background. And then there's like this big 
something like this big dark something might be a building and then there's trees and then there's the haze and then in front of it uh um she's walking connie's walking uh she's walking to the left he, he was running to the right um he was in a high energy he was going to save people and Akane is like slowly marching off sadly and alone disconnected from people whereas he, he was running towards people to save people because he's connected to them which all goes to my thesis that um the show is going to be about uh, saving her. And it's funny, the the theme song even says, I'm going to save you from your boredom, um, which uh, it's interesting. Anyway, uh, okay, so I'm, I'm going to throw out a theory. What if she's not a god? What if she is just a human and Alexis Carib is using her and they are her creations in some sort of hyper-advanced computer thing? Like maybe this is like uh, one of those light novels where um, they've got all that super-advanced technology and uh, or is, you know, sci-fi like that. And then she is just a regular girl um, who's into kaiju and locks herself away and is alone and has, like, projected herself into this world somehow through advanced technology. And these are all her creations, but everything's so advanced that they take on their own life and uh, something like that. I don't know. Um, that'd be pretty interesting. Uh, and then I have a really cute image. There's a, I guess there was a kaiju attack. So uh, the three uh, human members of the Gridman Alliance all run to the shop, and uh, Caliber is behind them, and they all are winded. And uh, it's just it was a cool, cool shot and cute that they were all running back to the shop. And like, even though they're fake, and even though all these things, like they're still going to keep on keeping on, uh, which is pretty impressive. Uh, I got a picture of the kaiju, which I like that uh, Alexis Carib is like, "Hey, are you done with your kaiju yet? Are you still making kaiju girl?" And um, she doesn't say anything. Uh, Akane just hands it over her back, and it's funny because it's like, I think it's a really bad-looking kaiju. I think it's because her heart wasn't in it, so to speak. And ironically, it turns out that her heart is in it because the kaiju that comes out of the pink kaiju, that red and blue one uh, with that crazy heart and, like, the crack in it, um, like, that's supposedly, according to... Um, my boy Auntie, uh, her true heart, and he can read her heart and her emotions, and that's why he's able to deal with um, with it while uh, full-powered Gridman has so much trouble. I was saying, while full-powered Gridman had so much trouble. And, uh, yeah, sorry, I cut myself off there on accident. So, um, another thing I wanted to point out uh, about this scene, just kind of unrelated from the narrative stuff, is how effective it is. The Well, the ideas of... Bear with me. The idea that in order for all of them, for full-powered Gridman to be uh, manifested in the world, the real world or whatever, um, that uh, Boar and Gridman and, you know, Max and Vit all and, and uh, Caliber all have to shrink themselves down um, so that they can all fit. And uh, really, it's like, you know, all those individual things, you know, from the tokusatsu um, perspective... All those suits would have to be shrunk down in order to fit on an actor in a single suit. Um, but something interesting that it does, and well, something interesting that it does, is that when um, the heart kaiju is attacking um, Gridman, and after it's ripped off all all the uh, others, all the vehicle people, the Neon <laughs> Genesis Junior High kids, um, Gridman is tiny. Like he's a much smaller person. Like if it was a real suit actor they would have had to have, like, a little kid in the suit, I think, in order for the scale to be proper. Um, and I wanted to point something out. Uh, Mother's Basement pointed this out uh, in a review he, Jeff did uh, about Gridman the other day. And then I actually just streamed, um, and uh, based on episode 10, uh, Funimation did a stream, I think it was earlier today, 
Um, I just saw the link on Twitter and it popped up and I thought, oh, I got to check this out. Um, they were talking about the Tokusatsu roots and there was a guy who works for Funimation who had a Genom, he 3D printed a Genom helmet for himself, which was pretty cool. Anyway, young, young something, I don't know. Um, but anyway, uh, back to the show. Uh, they mentioned um, like how Trigger was very focused on making uh, Gridman like an actual tokusatsu. Uh, Jeff of uh, Mother's Basement mentioned that too. And I think that, oh, interesting, he did his review after like the 6th or 7th episode, and they're doing it after the 10th, and we have this crazy, crazy uh, kaiju here, the heart, empty heart, broken heart, whatever kaiju you want to call it. Um, and the interesting thing, um, the interesting thing about it to me is that, yeah, I would agree that for the most part, uh, all the stuff that Trigger has done so far with the kaiju and with Gridman himself has been things that an actual suit actor could do um, and that you could do with practical suits. But because I've been watching Tokusatsu consistently for the last seven years, and uh, including Super Sentai, seven or eight years, whatever, um, they will do things uh, with CG effects. Um all the time. There are crazy monsters, uh, or I guess kaiju and Kamen Rider every now and then, like the first or second episode, uh, always has like a crazy thing, and then the um, the uh, CG budget goes into effect, and the writer does something he never does again, or only does like once or twice more. Uh, like famously in Kamen Rider Ghost, he hits his belt lever like ten times, and this giant eyeball comes out, and he kicks it into a, like a soccer thing, like Pele. He like kicks it into something uh and like stops you know the world from being destroyed or whatever by the ganma and then like um gosh i can't remember which show it was um it wasn't uh the currently running lupot it was the one before that which was i don't remember was that q ranger i think q ranger um or maybe it was even all the way back in um gosh what did what was this first show that laser knees did uh oh um dobut sensei uh zoo zoo ranger zoo or zhu Zhu. Yeah, anyway, that one uh, with the animal people uh, from Zhu Land. Um, there was a guy who, like, his head came off. Was that in that sense? Anyway, whatever. Like, they'll do CGI nowadays, and they'll do crazy -er stunts pushing the limits of what they can do. And it's still special effects. It doesn't need to be live-action special effects. It's just that happens to be, for the most part, what they specialize in. So, anyway, I don't know why I'm bringing that up. Oh, I guess just... The point is, uh, I was thinking when I was watching, like, man, so, like, that lame kaiju, um, the sad sack kaiju, I'm calling it, um, that this uh, nasty broken heart one, like, came out of, uh, it was very much like a suit on its neck. There are little holes where you could envision a person's eyes being able to see through those for the, you know, fighting and stuff. Um, and it was very limited in its motion, but then this uh, broken heart one that comes out of it is just insane in the way it's able to move its body. And like it would have, if it was live action, it would have had to, they would have done wire work. They would have done a bunch of camera tricks to like duplicate them. Because um, like when Grid Knight is fighting it, he's saying, oh, I, you know, there's all these different versions of it or whatever. And um, like I can see through to Akane's heart and, uh, you know, whatever. He's not tricked by it. its speed and its, you know, weird ability to like throw up deception. Um, so. Anyway, I thought that was pretty cool that Trigger probably planned this. So I'm I'm saying that Trigger planned to, or I'm guessing that Trigger planned to uh, keep everything grounded in Tokusatsu as much as possible, except for now that we know that basically a copy of our world has been created, and in it there's a real Ultraman uh, trying to fight a god who's being manipulated by an alien. Um, 
you know, because there's Evangelion and there's all these other things. There's Madaraka, even though it was called something else uh, in the show, probably for uh, copyright purposes or whatever. Um, and, the, you know, there's the fake Starbucks and whatnot. Um, so anyway, but other than that, it's like a copy of our world, basically, like I said, because of Ava and whatnot. Uh, that, um, like, as that's being revealed and as we're in almost the last episode, they're willing to break the rules of tokusatsu and their decision to approach the show as a tokusatsu, um, including the limitations of live action uh, by doing stuff like this. And I just thought that was really neat. Um, again, I don't know that... Uh, I, I can't see their hearts or uh, whatever, like uh, like Grid Knight can, but anyway, whatever. Just, uh, just throwing it all out there. Uh, so, back to uh, the show, or back going through my pictures. Um, uh, the I guess I really don't have much to say. I have an image of uh, of Alexis and um, Akani just standing next to each other, and he's kind of watching her uh, kaiju. You know, after it's destroyed, all the scenery kaiju, and it's like changing things, ruining things, and uh, it's just it's, I don't know, kind of an ominous picture or ominous uh, image, and it's it's pretty cool. Um, I was excited to finally see uh, you know as this terrible kaiju is destroying Gridman or about to defeat him that uh, Anti shows up because uh, he's free to do what he wants. And it's really cool that he ends up becoming uh, this Grid Knight, um, which supposedly is like a scrapped idea from the original Gridman uh, that never got finished and put into production, which I think is really cool that like there was this character that never was that they ended up making here. Oh, now I know what I wanted to say. I have a couple quotes highlighted, but I'll, I'll come back to them. Uh, I will come back to them, except for Okay, I will remember that. Okay, cool. So, live action production here. Anyway, oh, one thing about Grid Knight is when he defeats the kaiju, he, like, breaks the heart inside of it. And I wondered, is that somehow Shinjo's heart? Is that going to have any effect on her? Is that why she goes all deadpan and quiet? I mean, maybe she's thrown her heart away, uh, so to speak, and that's what formed that kaiju. But then... She just, after observing and finding out, because she's not omni-sentient, uh, we learn, she's not that kind of god, um, she realizes that Hibiki is using the junk, the old computer, to henshin and, and turn into um, to Ultraman, or to Gridman. Um, and then she stabs him with her razor that she uses to carve the kaiju and stuff, and he falls over, uh, you know, severely injured if not dead. Um it, that's just crazy. Anyway, uh, that was really impactful. I like the fact that she goes up to him and it looks like they embrace, but it's actually her stabbing him. Uh, that's a really clever way, and it's it's not sexy or sexual. I think it's just a really clever way that it that uh, trigger has twisted things again. Just like they set up everything as a tokusatsu live action, and then they to me twisted the visuals or like took away the rules on themselves. They made it look you know her lips are shiny. She's speaking to his ear. He looks so surprised. Um, that, you know, they're embracing, uh, it looks like things are changing and it turns out it's this crazy swerve to, uh, shock the audience and, uh, seeing Hibiki steved and uh, stabbed and seeing the blood dripping from her blade and onto her hand and she's onto the floor even, uh, as Hibiki falls is, uh, it was pretty shocking. Great, great way to end an episode. I'm very excited, very engaged. I want to know what's, I mean, I wanted to know anyway, but the stakes are even higher now because I got to see what's going to happen. Um, so a couple quotes and then I'm going to get out of here because, uh, this is too much. Uh, Gridman says, or maybe it's Caliber, we came here to the world that, I'm paraphrasing that, we came here to the world that Shinjo Akane created. Um, 
and when we came here, we were incomplete or there was something wrong, whatever. Uh, why? Uh, why did they come here? Um, did they come here because, again, going back to my theory that uh, maybe Akane is like a real person and she's really being manipulated by this alien Alexis Carib thing or whatever, and she's not a god, she's just the god of the little world that she created. Um, like, when The Matrix came out, I thought, like, oh, man, what if someone, like, created a whole world? Like, they would be the god, but what if they were just a person? It was a computer program, and it was a simulation. Like, they would be a god to the people who they created and whatever. So, like, is she that kind of god? Um, and is Alexis Carib using her, and will her creations save her somehow? I don't know. And how is she interfacing with this world? Again, I kind of went over that earlier, but I just wanted to rehash that. And uh, if it's the case that Gridman and the Neon Genesis <laughs> Junior High people uh, are from the previous uh, version of Gridman or, and or uh, Superhuman Samurai Squad, Superhuman Samurai Squad, um, is it possible... Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. There we go. Or is it possible that, like, it, this show really is taking place in this Japanese city is in like a version of our world that she created, and um, like is that how it's the you know spinoff sequel? I, I just think it's really interesting, and I wonder how uh, like meta things are going to get. Like if that turns out to be the case, will it be like in Log Horizon where when they show the characters as they really are, the animation is different, like their faces are different and the proportioning is a little different? I'd be interested to see that. Uh, anyway, that, and you get to see that stuff in Log Horizon two, uh, season two. Uh, anyway, fantastic show. Um, thanks to Jibro for the uh, suggestion. Anyway, uh, last thing um, is a really sweet, really sen uh, lovely sentiment that I appreciated hearing uh, spelled out and uh, it makes me really interested in uh, the Ultra series in general, um, stuff I've seen Pre say about it uh, on Twitter, um, and uh, that's Sunglass Pre if you don't know. Um, and then uh, just things I've, well, and then you know what I've seen of Gridman so far, it seems like a really moral, really ethical uh, show with like really positive good messages and that's kind of what I'm all about especially for children's television uh, but Max uh, you know <laughs> Auntie is demanding again or questioning why won't Gridman kill me like why aren't you guys killing me like I want either to die or to kill you and it has to be one way or the other um, and uh, Max says Gridman won't steal the lives of the living and I just thought that was a really beautiful way to put it um, and really I thought it was really neat and like it, it spoke to me so I was uh, in, in favor of that big time. Uh, one more thing I got to quote. Uh, I love that when he's confronting Auntie Calibur says, like, what happens if you defeat Gridman? Like, what's next? It's the whole Black War Greymon thing to me, uh, which I love. I don't know if that's a Japanese storytelling trope or whatever, where you've got this character who's created and they're all dark and edgy and whatever, and they're very powerful, and they're just looking for someone who they can defeat, or they're looking to be defeated by somebody or whatever, because, like, blah, 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 strength. Um, and, like, what happens after? I would love that question. I'd almost like to see it explored, like, Let's see it happen. Let's see them overpower and overcome that limit. Uh, I get the moral reason why you wouldn't. Uh, like, I'm thinking about, um, so, um, gosh, what's the guy's name? The guy with the, but not the Batu Jitsu, that's, that's Tosai himself. But in Samurai, uh, not Samurai, in Rurouni Kenshin, he's got that enemy, Aoshi, Aoshi Shinomori. Um, he wants to hold the flower of the strongest and whatnot. Uh, but, like, what would have happened if he did? You know? I mean, the show would have been over or it would have changed, but... That would, that would be interesting to me, I think. Anyway, uh, that's all. I'm going to get out of here. So, um, anyway, I'll leave you with the immortal words of Samurai Caliber. Do what you can do, always. <laughs>